You're listening to Two Guys Talking Wine with Michael Pincus and Andre Pru. Michael. Andre. I'm not getting a lot of sleep these days. I, <laughs> no. No, I don't think you would. Uh, I did buy the book you recommended to me, though. What did I recommend? Uh, Paul Reiser. Oh, Fatherhood. Fatherhood. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I welcomed a baby girl to the world on January 7th. Her name is Spencer Joel. Um, many people listening to this know that I am Captain Chardonnay. My little sidekick's uh, alter ego is La Petite Chablis. Oh, is that what she is now? Yeah. Oh. If is I'm it... Captain Chardonnay, I gotta have a sidekick. So is that when she's in the little jumper in front of you? <laughs> and you should I can't actually, wait. I can't... Actually, that way you should turn her out so she looks out yeah. while you're sipping and have her, you know, bug-eyed sometimes and like... This is my reaction to this Chardonnay. That's, oh, I can't wait. That's just like some good ideas for some great photo uh, And the other the other one would be if uh, you're drinking one and she's taking a poop and making that poop face, this is what I think of this Chardonnay. So this is our first <laughs> podcast of, uh, of 2023. It is. So, you know, welcome, welcome back, everybody. Yeah, and thanks, everyone, for still being subscribed and keeping an eye out for this. Um I know every year we talk about trying to make the podcast bigger and better. Um, our audience is growing. We were taking a look at the numbers and like there are twice as many of you listening to this podcast in 2023 than there were in 2022. Um, so we're just going to set the table. We used to call these episodes shooting the, the we are um, gonna We are going to shoot a little bit of, of, of poop. But I also would like to point out to everybody, and, I, and you may not know this, and I think we're going to start really plugging this okay is that we are the second <laughs> longest running wine podcast in canada, canada. yep uh we probably we are the longest running one in ontario 100 percent. but uh our last guest last year uh terry david mulligan yeah now I, again we have this we, we talked to terry afterwards and he called it Somebody said he was podcasting, although he is broadcasting. It's. it's I think his broadcast a, became a podcast, and it just happened like really at the infancy of podcasting. I, you know what? Regardless, I'm it's, it it's, it's I'm undisputed. It it's undisputed. I'm giving it to him, Terry David. You're, you're, you're number one. <laughs> I bought a. I bought a wind, I bought a windsock for my microphone at his recommendation. I can't remember if that part made it into the podcast, but um, I have to buy some more of them because you'll notice that my peas are not popping as bad as they were last year. And um, uh, and I bought a lamp. <laughs> <laughs> so we are going to be making making some changes to how the podcast works this year. Um, we're hoping that you Patreon supporters are not going to be upset about that because those of you who are there, we really appreciate the support. I know I usually say this at the end of the podcast, but patreon.com slash two guys talking wine. It doesn't take a lot of money to uh, keep the podcast going but it does take a little bit we pay mainly for our hosting fees um it, it costs a little bit of money to get the podcast like to offer the space online um the mic sock the equipment that we have like the podcast now sounds better than it ever has and that has been the result of your support um bit by bit like we've been able to add new pieces of equipment to this i i should also add that um you, you can you can find us on SoundCloud, and we should start putting the Patreon account somewhere in the uh, in the description. 
Oh, maybe at the bottom. <laughs> Have you been doing that? I don't know. And that's something I should know. And it's just like you're saying that right now. And it's just like, duh. Because uh, I had somebody uh, somebody reach out and they said I can't find your your Patreon account. Yeah, and and, and I mean it's, it's the ambiguity because we have the word two and people can't tell whether it's the number or the word. Correct. And, but they also didn't realize that Patreon is spelled with an e. So Patreon, P A T R E O N, Patreon, and they could not find us for the life of it. So I was like, oh no, here it is. So I sent them the link, and they're like, oh, I was misspelling everything. So. Uh, we should uh, start doing that. Make it easier on on all of you to uh, to to find us that way. If you do want to support us, and yes, we do. Thank you very much for all your support over the years, and for anybody who is uh, is going to be new, thank you also. Yeah. Um. So I guess let's talk a little bit about how and where we got to where we are right now. Um. We've built a spreadsheet for this year, which is actually really unusual for us yeah. because I'm sure people have been listening to this podcast for a long time know that. Often Michael and I wing it, and I think that's one of the reasons why we're making the decisions that we were making is it's just like when we are able to plan our content better, it is better. Our interview with Terry David Mulligan at the end of last year is, I think, one of the best things that we've ever put on tape. Part of it is because Terry David is a broadcasting legend in this country, and I definitely made us sound better than we make ourselves sound. He did. Um but um, you were actually very patient with me last fall. Uh, I need to give a shout out to Canada Land. Uh, Canada Land is an investigative uh, journalism, um, really great podcast. I, I highly recommend people listen to them unless your politics lean to the right. They'll probably just piss you off. Uh, but really sound journalistic practices. And they let me work with them for the past few months. And I'm hoping to bring some of the best practices from them to our podcast to make us sound better. So uh, I, I guess we have decided to run a uh, a tighter loose ship. Yeah, I guess so. That's, I guess, yeah, but, what we're doing. But the big thing people will notice is um, we're not going to be weekly anymore. We're, we're switching to bi-weekly. Um, having a baby is a lot of work. We were, very- we, we were also pushing some, you know, I hate to say it. We were, we were pushing some, especially in the summertime, uh, some mediocre content, and yep. we we felt really bad. It was like we would we would push it out to you, yep. and we would go, "That was not our best, not our best yep. stuff." And uh, we really want to start giving you the best stuff. I know we cleaned up our language, yes. Uh, so that you know, to us, that was like giving you our best stuff, and and it, it's more than that. So for our audience, we'd like to do that. What we would also like to tell you is that if you and I can't imagine anybody does. If you have a bottle of Yolumba 1997, oh yeah, let's talk um, about that Octavius. Yeah, like, sorry, in just your before, cellar. Yeah, let's talk about the wine that we're yeah. drinking tonight. It was it was a wine that I I had kicking around the cellar, and uh, I, I I reached out to a buddy of mine in in Michigan. Uh, hey Dave, because uh, I know you listen, and uh, you said uh, I'm not a big fan of Yolumba. I don't think it's going to be very good. And uh, Dave, I'm happy to say, no, no, yeah, I am happy to say you're wrong. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just on the Yolumba website. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't realize that this is a wine that now retails for 150 dollars. Oh, so yeah. Um, <laughs> cheers, Michael. Thanks cheers. for this. It's, I just thought this was like I, I'm so used to you having ten dollar turds in your cellar. No, that. this this was uh, no. It's a, it's a really old vines. It's like their oldest vines, uh, Shiraz, and the smokiness from this wine, the coffee, 
Um, no, but there's screw also that. some. Screw that. Some... It's, it's like it's it's like smooth current. It's like plum juice. Like I've never tasted anything where it's just so juicy, but like the texture is so thick. It's got black licorice, but in subtle. Um, everything everything about this wine. There's no baseball glove. There's no leather. There's none of the, that sh- is the, the stuff we, that I hate from old wine. And we, we talked about that uh, even before, because we, we opened it up before the podcast. Mm. And Andre was like, 97, that's going to be a little old for me. Well, because I was expecting to be a $10 bottle from your cellar. But I mean, this thing is, is really, it's... This is glorious. It's. I don't think it's at its peak. I think it's coming down the hill, but it's slowly coming down the hill. Okay, okay, but then this is where your taste in wine and my taste in wine kind of cross. For me, this is right at its peak. I would not hold this longer. No. It's still loaded with fruit. Um, the tannin is super soft, but still present. Like, yep. this it doesn't taste like young wine, but it doesn't taste like what I hate in old wine. It doesn't taste like it and is it's dense. Twenty five years dense. old, like it is so dense. This is exciting. It is. Uh, you said it was fourteen and a half. I don't have my glasses on, and it um, didn't feel like fourteen and a half at the has, beginning. It has nothing like that, but I think it's. Uh, but it's now gone to my head a little bit. It has. Yeah, I would. I would agree to that. And then so it's it's that hidden alcohol that is probably one of the most dangerous things about really good wine is that, yeah that hidden that this hidden is, alcohol this is really stupid good um yeah i think even just doing a quick audit and now if you're new to the podcast i'm telling you to go back I, i'm taking a look at the last like five episodes that we did six episodes that we did last year it was just like we really kind of pick things up and i'm hoping the listeners feel the same way too like we talked to terry david mulligan we said that at the beginning of this you know, the recap of our Toronto Life column, which um, I'm hoping that Toronto Life will let us write the gift guide again this year because we certainly put our heart and soul into that, but we're not going to taste them all in one night. No, that's got to be a two or three night thing. Uh, uh, talking about uh, locally produced gin. Uh, it's a my favorite um, image that I've put into a podcast, but the um, our talk with the Foreign Affair where we finally did put a Passamento on trial. A little bit. I think we could still do it a little bit more, but, but the, we, we, we did have a, 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 eyebrow, a good eyebrow, conversation. Eyebrow, eyebrows are up in terms of revisiting the style, and I think that's what we were hoping to accomplish with that. And like I said, like just because of how crazy last year was with my wife being pregnant and I, just like dealing with making sure that our mental health was good, like it was a lot last year. Uh, Ken Little, a shout out to you. Thank you for being our chump in that episode and doing the stump the chump with was, us. Uh, Ken, you're you're great. So I uh, really appreciate uh, you on Zante, that. And, but I mean, this is where you can actually see the moment where we were spread too thin. Our Zante's footsteps interview is still one of my favorite interviews that we did. But me forgetting equipment at home, like just I think after that, you actually phoned me and was just like the wheels are coming off the wagon, and it was yeah. just like. I was spread too thin, and it's just like we had some really great interviews lined up, and it's just like you can actually and they, see the, where things. The, the Villanosi one where we couldn't find a plug. It was okay, but just, that one that one wasn't my fault. No, it wasn't. But I but mean, it was that, those two that's, back, those that's two back kind to of back to back where we uh, we where the wheels did kind of fall off the the wagon, and um, yeah. So so what I'd also like to tell you is that uh, I think. Uh, we should still keep our eyes open for uh, opportunities. Yeah, for um, uh, a passamento on trial. Uh, I believe Cave Spring 
Uh, Angela Pavan was one of the first to do it. Right on. So it, it might uh, uh, behoove us to get uh, Angelo in and taste some of those older ones. I'm sure he would be interested because I think he's retiring or getting close to retiring he from K-Spring. So maybe he'd be willing to, uh, you know, raid the K-Spring cellar before he leaves. You know, kind of like that last uh, let's take everything off the desk. Uh, take the paper clips and the and the and the highlighters and oh, I'll take a couple of reams of paper before I leave, um, kind of thing. Uh, I have a feeling he's not going to be going anywhere. No, like, I don't think. I don't think. I don't think. Like I, I, I get that you retire, but it's kind of like with JL at Stratus. Like we know that Dean has really taken over the wine, but like JL's still kicking around. Oh, he's still doing his stuff. And then you know, Culinari would be interesting to to get in, and. Um, and then uh, 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 I totally ruined your train of thought. There's there's one other one that I, I that I was that I was foreign affair. We got well, big head, right? Oh, Pilateri. Pilateri's okay. been doing so. That so we have the list. We have list. So those, okay, but but those are the ones that I'd like to get on and and, and see their old versions of of a passamento. Okay, so this is kind of like a behind the curtain thing, and this is this is how organized we are for two guys talking wine, um, which is very rare. People whose job it is to book guests on a show is called a chase producer. And you can use chase as a verb. I'm chasing this person. I'm doing that. Like for some of the work I do for national post, um, you know, I have to chase people and get them booked on the podcast. We have chases out right now for actual guests that we're formally trying to set in place. Uh, we're going to be revisiting one of California or one of the United States oldest wine club coming up in the future. We're going to be talking to someone about how to get into wine as an investment if you want to put some money in your pocket. And we're going to talk about whether or not Ontario wine is a good investment if you're hoping to, I don't know, is Ontario wine the next Bitcoin? No. But we'll let an expert tell us why or why not. And And then, wait, oh, wait, hold on. Okay, I'll let you go. I'll let you go. I'm actually really excited because this was something you suggested to me and not me to you yes okay you got it we are going to do a world tour of chardonnay yeah and it's um i don't know if i mentioned it on the podcast but i do have like a big picture dream i would love to write the book on chardonnay and this is in and like not you teasing me and actually having you as my jiminy cricket i think would be incredibly valuable like all kidding aside but we are going to take a deep dive into why how chardonnay is the world's most versatile grape you're hoping you actually brought this to me because you wanted to learn something well, i'm excited to learn something so and- what, I, what i pitched it as was andre tries to show michael that uh chardonnay, chardonnay is great from all over the world and um the, the reason is i think because andre did take over the podcast a couple years ago where everything was chardonnay 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 but it was all Ontario. Yeah. And I think we are both on the same page about Ontario Chardonnay. Yeah, we can make great Chardonnay here in Ontario. Yep. I'm happy to uh, to tell you that. Uh, it's nice to see that the, you know, uh, on the Ontario Wine Lovers page at one point, somebody said, hey, who's making a really oaky Chardonnay? And I would say 95% of the people responding to it went, not, not our style. Yeah, doesn't doesn't do it. Not but it's, our but it's style. My favorite, but it's my favorite thing about like the whole thing with you being an ABC or how long that you've tasted wine. This is not like something where I'm, I, we're making a bit out of it, but it's just like we're at a we're at the fork in the road. The style has changed, and, and I think it's that's time to revisit it. It's, and I think yeah, it's time to take a look at it, but not look at it from an Ontario standpoint. Yeah. 
I think Ontario has has staked its its claim on acid on fruit. Yeah, um, you're not going to find you know the over oaked American oak Chardonnay from Ontario. We're, they're out there, but it's not the the predominant it's style. Also not, it's also not the ones that are being lauded by critics and not just us. Like- so now we're going to look at we're going to. So I, I'm just putting I'm putting it out there to agents. We're looking for Chardonnays from everywhere. We're everywhere. looking for France. If Spain is making Chardonnay, we want to see those. Italy, obviously, we know they're making it. South America, um, the U.S., we're going to see some California. Oregon. We, Oregon, Washington. We are going to put, not Chardonnay on trial, but we are going no, to No, no, this is a world tour. We're world going to tour. tour we're doing a world Chardonnay. tour. Yeah. Where we're going to sit down with five, six bottles, open them live on the podcast, so live to tape, and we are going to taste them. And hopefully, Andre can convince me that Chardonnay is making the turn from Chateau 2x4 yeah. to a I, legitimate I think, I think it, I think it has, but to have the like the discussion about it, I think, is going to be worthwhile. You know, I've always joked that people who learn something from this podcast, it happens by accident. Well, this is the year where we're going to try to make you learn something on purpose. Correct. And the other uh, part we're going to try and do is Italy. Yes, I I've been saying for a long time that Italy is my blind spot. Um I've been focusing on on Chardonnay because it's the direction I want to take my company. It's the direction that like I want the ADX wine company to go. I really just want to learn everything about that grape, so selfishly France is where my interest lies. And you know, I've taken the easy way out. I speak the language, so I can go to the country and learn things a little easier. Um, I've been drinking a lot of Tuscan wine, often with your guidance, Michael, often with some other friends' guidance. And honestly, everyone who's listened to this podcast that's dropped into my DMs uh, very kindly with recommendations or advice on how to fill my my void of Italian knowledge, I really appreciate it. But you're going to try to teach me about Italy on purpose. Yes. So we're gonna we're going to uh, do a little tour of Italy uh, and see what we can uh, teach Andre and then teach everybody else while we're at it. And, and you then, might learn something too. And then maybe next year we do something about like Bordeaux, which is really my weakness. So Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Bordeaux has always been a weakness for me. So how how has okay. I think that just says a lot about where the Ontario wine industry is and a lot about where our respective thing are because the thing is my first trip to France was to Bordeaux. Like my first grown-up trip to France was to Bordeaux because I kind of wanted to see where Ontario stood. I still love Trius Red. They brand the wine as the icon now. Yep. And it is still a delicious wine. What Craig McDonald does with Bordeaux varietals in Ontario defies all logic because now that I'm in this industry... No way in a million years would I ever want to work with Cabernet Sauvignon in Ontario unless it's nor, a year like 2020. Nor, nor should you. Unless it's a year like 2020 and a grape grower is just like, hey, Andre, it's a year like 2020. I have extra Cabernet Sauvignon and I've got a beautiful barrel that's been used once. And do you want to put them together and make great wine? I would say yes. Only but if I can be... put Chardonnay in it. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's it, though. Is It's just like. I still buy Bordeaux. I buy Bordeaux Futures. I buy a couple of affordable bottles. Um, and I love drinking Bordeaux. I guess it hasn't really clued in until now that we don't really talk about it on the podcast because I don't know a crap ton about Bordeaux, but I know quite a bit about it having 
been there and I'm, just I'm, an understanding of it. Fran- France is uh, still one of my my weak points. Uh, basically, Burgundy and Bordeaux, which is the big ones. I know, and and Burgundy, obviously, you know, well, uh, you don't no matter, no matter how long you sit with Thomas, it just becomes you know gobbledygook. Burgundy is hard, and, and, and then, I still and, and I still, Bordeaux, and I still I'm I'm still not. I'm still I I still look at Bordeaux and, t- and when I taste Bordeaux, I'm always like, yeah, I think Ontario does just as good. I mean, the the problem still remains budget, and this is the thing where I'm not saying that you're not spending enough on wine, but it's the frustrating thing about about both Bordeaux and Burgundy though, is to get anything good. It's kind of like Napa Valley. Like you and I both loved uh, Artemis that we tasted last fall but like that's a 90 dollar bottle of wine you mean to tell me that you need to spend 90 dollars to get to the good stuff because the thing is in ontario well, california you don't need to spend 90 dollars. no you can spend 25 30 dollars to get a, a good bottle and that's the problem with bordeaux and burgundy is like you and i really like the jadot the entry-level uh chardonnay and pinot noir that were part of our toronto life roundup but are they the best indication of the qualities of the style and it's just like my wife and I, we have to budget to buy one bottle of Burgundy every couple months, and, and maybe, it's a hundred bucks. And maybe it's something to talk to Stephen Ranger about, and that's the 100%. guy who we're going to talk to about, you know, making investment wine. Is is Bordeaux pricing itself out of the market for the average consumer? I think they are. And are we maybe seeing a future coming where the prices might start to come down? Because I'm hearing stories of producers in Bordeaux unable to sell wine unable to sell like the negociant market is apparently flooded with the entry-level bordeaux that you and i would like to see on the market but now that the market perception is what it is that you need to spend 1200 bucks to buy a, a premier grand cru to get into the market that there's no room in the market for entry-level bordeaux i don't know it sounds like a really great topic for a podcast that you might want to listen to <laughs> who knows maybe we'll get it in this year sometime I know. I just like you. You blindsided me with that. Yeah, usually blindside most people when I say that one. So, Andre, I think it's going to be a good year. I do too. Um, I know we opened it with a thank you, but I want to end this with a thank you. And um, you know, Henry is usually the guest star on the podcast, but I'm sure Spencer will make an appearance at some point because um, I'm working from home. My wife is working really hard to look after the baby, but uh, she's anyway. going to say something at some point. Anyone who's seen me on Instagram knows that I've got this. Uh, actually, you bought it for me. The, oh. the Moby. I have a leopard print Moby baby carrier. And I love just having the baby strapped to me. I've done like meetings with her and like, you know, and when she's being uh, quiet, it's so good. So basically what Andre is saying is he's strapped. I'm going to have a baby uh, strapped most, to me for Most this people, podcast. when they talk about like that, they're talking about like a gun or some kind of firearm or something. But Andre's so got a weird. baby. I have a baby. Weird. That is weird. I'm somebody's daddy. Oh boy. Well, I'm under wine review on social media. I'm under wine review on social media. Um, trying to be more active, but it takes a lot of time. And uh, Michael, who's your daddy? Michael. I'm Michael Pincus of MichaelPincusWineReview.com on social media as the Grape Guy, or as Michael Pincus. Good night. I let him do that. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to Two Guys Talking Wine on iTunes. Two Guys Talking Wine is produced by Jim Ray, Adam Duran, and Ken Little.